Welcome to episode 10 of the Thriving Mom podcast. It's a new year, and if you're among the millions of people who make New Year's resolutions or goals, I'd invite you to stick around. You probably know that about 80% of New Year's resolutions are doomed to fail, and if you've experienced this before, you're most likely to blame yourself for lack of willpower. I know I've been there, but what if the problem wasn't the resolution or the goal? And it wasn't even about you not having willpower. Today, I'm giving you the mindset shifts that you need to help you get unstuck when it comes to your health goals so that you can actually crush those goals this year. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Thriving Mom Podcast, where we invite mothers and mothers at heart to think outside the conventional beliefs about motherhood, nutrition, and raising healthy kids. I'm your host, Uime Oguta, recovering perfectionist and non-diet nutrition counselor, on a mission to help smart women like you find food and body freedom through intuitive eating, self-care, and mindful practices that will leave you kicking balance to the curb, stop surviving, and start thriving in the beautiful chaos that is motherhood. Are you ready, mama? Let's journey together. Welcome back, friends. How are you? Can we just take a moment to acknowledge that we made it through 2020? I mean, there were tears and sadness and loss on so many levels, but there were also moments that reminded us that there's still good in this world and we are inherently worthy as humans and can accomplish anything we put our minds to. So I just invite you to pat yourself on the back because you made it. And I'm so excited to be getting into this year with a renewed sense of just wanting to make it. And just get through whatever this year brings. Because again, we can't tell. We can only hope, right? So this brings me to talking about health goals and goal setting for the year. This came about because a few weeks ago, I was chatting with one of my clients who was feeling quite beaten down by not being able to get over some of the thoughts that she still had about dieting and wanting to lose weight. Specifically, she had seen herself in a video And was triggered because the thought she had in her mind about her body was not what she saw. In fact, she thought she was further along with embracing her new body. But then seeing this video of herself set her back and made her feel stuck. Can you relate with this? You know, sometimes you try so hard visualizing yourself as a different person. Perhaps a better version of who you are only to be disappointed by your current reality, so then you feel deflated and stuck. While I always remind the women that I work with that wanting to lose weight is completely normal, because we live in a diet culture, we also make it a point of duty to work around mindset barriers that would affect or impact them being able to achieve other health-related goals. So you might be wondering what this has to do with the new year. Well, Many of you listening will probably set health-related New Year's resolutions or goals if you haven't done so already. You've probably planned to go to a, a gym or maybe go on a diet or cleanse or detox of some sort because that's what you believe will be the perfect solution to finally finding your ideal health, ideal here, in quote. But chances are you're probably not going to follow through. And this is why the month of February is usually where most resolutions go to die. But of course, this year will be different for you because you're listening to this podcast. And I'm also giving you a glimpse into how my clients are able to achieve sustainable results. So you see, 
while your health goals may be well-intentioned, they're likely to fail because you're yet to work on your mindset around the change that will be required of you to be able to get the results that you're seeking. I know this sounds far-fetched, but just stick with me for a moment. So sometimes your goals are based on wanting to change or fix something that's broken. And that's usually you, right? The diet failed, so there's a problem with you. You're not able to go to the gym or you're not able to move in a way that you wanted, so it's a problem with you. But the truth is nothing in you needs fixing. Rather, it's the thoughts and beliefs that you have about yourself and your circumstances that need to be addressed. And that's what we're chatting about today. But before we dive into the solutions, I want to share three ways that I see my clients getting stuck and maybe you can relate to one or maybe all of them. So I'm just going to go ahead here and say that when you hear me talking about these, it's more about bringing awareness so that once you're aware, then you can change whatever needs to be changed. Let's dive in. The first mindset is black and white thinking. You may know this as all or nothing thinking, where usually you're viewing things into extremes. For instance, this is very common with food, where we tend to see food as good or bad, or we see our bodies as being perfect and desirable one time, or it's undesirable and repulsive. So you might find yourself using words like always versus never, possible versus impossible, perfect versus imperfect. There's always this opposite never and in between. So let's say you decide to reduce carbs, for instance. We're just going to use this because right now in diet culture, carbs are the bad foods that we try to avoid. So we're just going to go with carbs. And let's say you decide to reduce carbs. So rather than seeing what you could add to your diet, you decide to cut out all carbs completely. Because again, you're thinking, I have to be eating carbs or not eating carbs at all. You can't imagine a middle ground where you're eating carbs some days and some days you're not, or even just eating normally and adding other foods to your, to your diet. And the funny thing is there's a research study on this kind of black and white thinking among college women that found that thinking this way could actually lead to rigid dietary restraints, which can make it harder to maintain a healthy relationship with food. And get this, it could also have a negative impact on your body image. So when it comes to food, you could create this restriction, which may lead you to go through the restriction and overeating cycle where you restrict foods for as long as you can using your willpower, and then you give up and overcompensate with eating all the foods. Of course, you feel bad about it, and then you go back to restricting. So then you're stuck in this cycle, and it just becomes an endless cycle of restricting yourself, feeling bad, and then thinking you don't have willpower but then allowing all the foods and then going back and feeling guilty. So you see how this black and white thinking can keep you stuck in this cycle. And it's often not leading to productive results. And the second thought pattern is martyr thinking. And I see this very common among women, especially moms or women who are firstborns or older siblings to others. Usually this mindset is one where you believe you're doing things for the greater good of others then you sacrifice your own well-being and self-care needs such as sleep, eating, or rest for the sake of other people. And in essence, you live like you're the victim of your own life. And while most times these are done out of the goodness of your heart, let's just be frank here that sometimes we're seeking approval 
acceptance or recognition of our worth. The problem here then occurs when the very people you claim to be doing things for fail to recognize your efforts. So then you end up feeling helpless or resentful of them. Very common among moms. Of course, you know, you end up complaining about how they're the reason you can't eat well, sleep on time, go for a walk, or pursue any other health goals that you may have. I know this because I've been here. I remember giving myself so many excuses. The kids need me. My husband needs me. If I don't do it, then nobody else will. And I kept putting my own health on the back burner because, again, I was sacrificing for the family, which didn't really help me because I ended up being the mom who nagged all the time or complained all the time. And then this leads me into the third thinking, which is perfectionist thinking. Now, as a recovering perfectionist, (laughs) I must say that every time I notice perfectionist thinking in my clients, it makes me just really fascinated because I know this thinking all too well. Usually, perfectionistic thinking stems from the belief that if you're perfect in some part of your life, then you'll be happy. Or if I get to this particular place, then I'll finally be happy. So you set yourself these lofty goals that most times they're unreasonable and often unattainable. And then you blame yourself for not being able to achieve them. Now, this may stem from any form of conditioning that you have Or a story that you tell yourself about who a good woman or wife or mom or friend should be. For me, I thought, you know, being a good wife meant I had to snap back immediately having my kids because God forbid that I let my body go and start having folds and all these other things that we're told that we're not supposed to have as moms, you know, being worried about having a mom body. So I always just stayed focused on my body and how I looked, which made me really uncomfortable. And frankly, it just wasn't a good place. For you, it might be thinking, if I lose X amount of weight, always keep a clean house, work out perfectly, then I'll get that happy feeling. But the problem usually is that we base this feeling on a fantasy. And usually that fantasy is so far removed from our reality. So going back to my client's case, she believed that she should work out every day. And if her movement didn't get her heart rate pumping, then it didn't count. Of course, thinking this way didn't serve her in any way because she was always waiting to start tomorrow or sometime in the ideal future, which we've already stated, ideal future doesn't exist. And as a result, she found herself abandoning her goal at the first sign of a setback because she didn't really think there was any point in trying at all. And now you might be thinking, well, now that I know that these are some of the thoughts or maybe this is the one thought that's keeping me stuck, what do I do? Well, my friend, there are three simple steps that you can take today. And number one is just identifying why you're stuck. We've talked about three ways of thinking that are very common. You may have a belief, you may have a fear about something, or just a certain image that you're trying to put out in the world. Another thing is that you might actually have too many health goals. Which, if you are anything like me, it might lead to a decision fatigue. So it's very important to identify why you're stuck because that's the only way you'll be able to decide on a suitable solution for your goal. Once you identify why you're stuck, then you have to manage your mindset about what it means to achieve your goal. Or rather than tying your goal to an external validation, what if you focused on the feeling you're hoping to get? 
this again, recognizing that you don't need fixing. If your aim is to eat without guilt or shame, perhaps you'll notice that thinking about food as good versus bad will not help you. In this case, you can embrace the gray zone by reminding yourself that food is much more than sustenance. So if we were to look at the example I gave about wanting to cut out carbs from your eating, what if rather than cutting out carbs, you thought about incorporating other foods and then thinking, if I don't want to eat carbs every day, what if I could eat carbs some days at some meals and other days not, and just try to make it a part of what I do? This will look so much different than if you were to think, well, I need to let go of carbs. I need to cut them out completely because they're bad for me. By allowing yourself to be in this gray zone, it's easier for your body to adjust. It's easier for you to find a good rhythm of having carbs as part of your diet, especially if that's what you love eating. You don't want to restrict the foods that you love eating again, because we don't want to go back on that restriction and binging cycle. When it comes to the way you see your body, you could also learn to see it as a vessel through which you experience the world as a human. In essence, this will enable you to change your perspective about how you pursue your goals and how you treat your body or even engage with food. So this brings me to the final mindset shift you need to make. And this is all about using minimum baseline. The minimum baseline is just the smallest thing you can do to achieve a win. Right? So looking at your goal, what's the smallest thing that you can do today that would help you get closer to it? And this is where we landed as a solution for my clients because minimum baseline to me is a great antidote to perfectionism. In my client's case, perfectionistic thinking sounded like if she didn't move every day for at least 20 minutes and get her heart rate pumping, then there was no point in trying. But by using this concept of minimum baseline, she decided to just start with walking to the mailbox or her friend's house just because she enjoys walking. Those were the two scenarios that she brought up that she thought, well, this is something that I could do and I do it almost every day. That's simple, right? No strings attached. Of course, perfectionism would say she wasn't doing the work. But again, going back to focusing on the feeling that we're trying to get. In this case, she just wanted to feel happy. She wanted to feel energized. And she could do that while she walked. It didn't have to be 20 minutes. It didn't matter if her heart was racing. The feeling that she wanted could be achieved with minimum baseline. So that's where we focused on. And I find that this minimum baseline can be applied to anything when it comes to just your life in general, with cleaning your house or writing or doing whatever. Just ask yourself, what's the smallest thing I can do for a win today? And get after it. So I'm just going to quickly recap the mindset shift that we've thought about. Number one is just trying to identify why you feel stuck. And then number two is managing your mindset around achieving your goal. And finally, using the minimum baseline. As you can see, it's very easy to get caught up in our heads about our health goals. So becoming aware of how our thinking impacts our behavior is very important. This is one of the foundational work that I do with my clients because without it, we just end up repeating the same pattern of trying different things and failing again. Obviously, doing this work for myself has been a game changer. It changed how I engage with people. 
It has helped me let go of perfectionism and transform my parenting and work experiences. And when it comes to my food freedom clients, it has helped me immensely just support them in this way because now we actually set goals and we're able to achieve them and sustain them in the long run. So if you've set any health goals this year that have to do with finding food freedom, I'd invite you to check out my food freedom guide on my website. I'll include the link in the show notes. And also, if you're looking for more support, I do have a 12-week food freedom program that you can check out. It's created to support smart women like you finding let go of obsession and fears around food and your body. Obviously, you want to show up and achieve your goals and thrive confidently like the woman you are. All right, friends, I hope this was helpful. I'm curious to know what's the one big takeaway from this episode. I'd love to hear it. So please share with me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness. And as always, don't forget to share this episode with your friends. Leave us a review so that more women can find us in the new year. I hope you and your family and your loved ones have a wonderful year ahead. Until next time, keep thriving. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please be sure to share with other moms. I'd also love to hear your takeaways. So please reach out to me on Instagram or Facebook. I'm at Olive and Bliss Wellness. If you haven't had a chance yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Each review is so important to us because it makes it easy for other moms to find our thriving mom community. Be sure to tune in next week for another dose of inspiration to help you thrive on your motherhood journey. Until next time, stay thriving!